everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. My name is Sarah Benincasa, and that is my friend Marcus Parks. Yes, it is. Hello. Hello. And we have a show together that is called Sex and Other Human Activities. It is the show to which you are currently listening in some sort of device. Maybe you are listening on earbuds. Maybe you're listening in your car while you drive to work. Perhaps you have got old school headphones on and you're on the elliptical. Maybe <laughs> you're on the treadmill. Maybe you're walking down the street and chortling aloud as you pass people on your way to class or to work. You could be on the subway. You could be on the bus. You fucking dirty motherfucker. If you listen to this show on the bus, you are the dirtiest fuck. Maybe you're from Britain. We get emails. Maybe you're from... Maybe you're on the tube. Maybe you're on the tube. (laughs) Riding a trolley. Our British fans, who are numerous, will email me or put stuff up and be like, are you and Marcus ever coming to the UK? And I'm like, "Uh, yes, but we need money. So if somebody wants to pay us to come over, Mm -hmm. we will do a full out show. We will do Q&As. We will do sex advice. I will do stand-up. Maybe Marcus will play an instrument. I can play drums very well. Really? And I've also got a... Uh, I write songs. It's sexy that you play drums really well. Oh, thank I think you. that's hot. Thank you very much. Uh, and I, I also write my own little tunes under the name Nurse Minotaur. I love you. <laughs> I'm so glad we're fucking friends. Oh, I love you, too. my I'm God. Glad we're I'm well. so glad we're friends. Most I'm... of the songs are about Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a sex podcast, but I'm going to be honest with everybody. I'm feeling kind of loopy. I'm feeling a little wacky, feeling a little talky, a little chatty. I mean, my life's been kind of all over the place lately. It has been. It's been up. It's been down. You've had a tumultuous month. November has been down, down, down. Tumultuous. It has been. There are ups and there are downs, and the downs are seem significant. And then sometimes it's easy to ignore the ups, uh, and it it can be easy to just go, oh, okay, this great thing just happened, but I'm going to ignore it in favor of the bad thing that happened two days ago. Mm -hmm. So it's been a wacky time. And I am feeling like a giddy goose. <laughs> you, you are. You've, you've had like puppy, what I like to call it puppy scrunch. I get puppy scrunch face sometimes when I get excited about life. And today is a day in which I'm pretty excited about life and I'm having a good day. I am going to fucking kick it with my dad. What? <laughs> Tonight, he has the uh, the 30th anniversary of his employment with his company. Wow. 30 years. 30 years at the old diaphragm factory. The old diaphragm factory. They make the birth control. They make the diaphragms. They make the yeast infection cream for the vagina. Uh, they make the birth control patch, which I think was discontinued because it might have killed people. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Um, maybe to make people sad. I had a girlfriend who had that. It was pretty nice. Oh, yeah. It's kind of it's like skin yeah. colored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they make them anymore. But, uh, you know, they make all that kind of shit. And so, Dad, it is because of you that I have a podcast in a little studio in Long Island City, Queens, New York, at a place called The Creek in the Cave, creeklic.com, with my friend Marcus Parks, twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. Dad, you better not be listening, you fucking perv. <laughs> I don't like you that way, Dad. We've been over this. I know we have history, but it's not that kind of history. No. I've spent way more time in mom's pussy than on your dick. <laughs> So I am just loose-lipped today. You are. You know, now that I think of I mean, really, can you imagine spending nine months of your life with, like, one dick? Like, yeah, that's over... called a relationship. <laughs> I just mean, familiar? like, one-on-one with that one dick. 
just nine months of your life. All I'm doing is like I'm not talking to the face. You're not talking to the face. You're just spending time like married couples. Like say a, a, a couple is married. 30 years. Right, right. How much time does the wife spend with the husband's dick? Oh, like, you know how we sleep like four years of our yeah, life? Yeah, uh-huh. How much time does the dick have? A little, as little as possible, I hope. That's <laughs> probably what she hopes. She's frigid, though. This hypothetical <laughs> wife that we're talking about. Of course. She's a real bitch. <laughs> You guys, some episodes make a lot of sense. Some of them rely on Marcus and my mutual professional background in radio. Some shows are loopy-doopy. A little loopy-doopy. Today's this, a little loopy-doopy. Today's so loopy-doopy. I'm getting, like, hot flashes. I think <laughs> I might be going through menopause. I don't know what's happening. So, anyway, we talk about sex, and we talk about one other human activity. Let's start with sex. All right. Well, this is uh, more love than sex. Okay. And this is uh, from one of our British Listeners. Fucking foreigners. What? Oh, yeah. What's going on? And you know what? I've got a, a little bit of a confidence because I have been flirting with a cute British girl. Correct. For, you know, a couple weeks now. She's hot and awesome. So yeah, I'm going to do a British accent. Okay, go for it. Hello, Marcus and Sarah. I'm a guy at university. College to you, Americans. I know how you love those Brits. My problem is less about sex and more about love. love. I suppose. <laughs> Are you? By the way, that is actually in the email. Like, my problem is less about sex and more about dot 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 love. love I, suppose. I suppose. Is this fucking love actually writing to us? <laughs> Richard Goddamn Curtis has a problem and he wants us to solve it. The thing is, there's a girl I know who's I've been getting really close to. I can't stop thinking about her, and I have a feeling of being punched under the ribs whenever either of us have to go away for a parent's birthday to some such event. Fuck those parents. Why were they born? <laughs> thing is, she's got a boyfriend. Oh, not cool. Who she doesn't like to call her boyfriend, long story. Mm. Who's double her age and lives 30 miles away from us in her hometown. Okay, so something that daddy touched this girl, like she's got some issues. Yes. Yeah. She also has a friend who says he's been in love with her for years. Mm -hmm. She says he's extremely annoying, but he's a real friend. I'm extremely hesitant of even saying anything about how I feel because, as I say, she's already got a fella and another problem guy on the side. I don't feel like dumping anything on her. After all, if what I felt was that much, why would I want to feel bad in any way? What should I do? Any tips for forgetting about these sorts of unwanted feelings? Much uh, thanks, Archibald. That we're going to call him Archibald. Okay, so Arch, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, Archie, congratulations on the recent gay marriage in your world, in your particular portion of the comic book universe. It's very. <laughs> it's a real thing. I'm not kidding. It happened, and I think that's very bold for a very conservative, traditionally, you know, comic. Although the whole comic was basically about him having threesomes. Um, Archibald, listen, I don't know why she's with this guy. Uh, maybe she doesn't know why she's with this guy, but she's with this guy. And you have to, if not respect that, at least understand that that's a boundary. And so I I mean, listen, everyone has violated boundaries like that. Um, most people have anyway. And if you haven't yet, you're probably going to. Um, I have. All my friends have. It happens. People have been on both sides. It sucks. But you 
need to understand that she's with him for a reason. I don't know what the reason is. It may be security. It may be sex. It may be money. I don't know. But it sounds kind of like a fucked up situation. Yeah. And if he's twice her age, she's obviously got daddy issues and problems, or she's a money-grubbing whore, or, <laughs> you know, the, some, something's going on there. The twice, the twice the age. I've been with, I was with a guy who was 13 years older than me when I was like 26. Um, that's a substantial amount of time. But, uh, but twice your age, like we're in beyond Courtney Stodden territory. I'm not <laughs> cool with that um so i think there's something wrong with her and there's probably something wrong with her boyfriend and there was probably some i just feel bad for her friend who's in love with her because she just sounds like a wackadoo so i recommend that if, you, if you're gonna do it just sit her down and tell her the truth and be like i love you i love you so much and i really want to be with you <laughs> with with you because i can't pronounce the t and the h even though it's my mother tongue i don't know why but i i love being with you and I would really like it if we could just hold each other and fuck. I don't know how people... But I'm in love with the man from the town. Far away! (laughs) Yeah, uh... Look, these are your options. One, just drop it and stop hanging out with her because it's going to drive you nuts because you're in love with her. You sound like a real sweetheart. Two, sit her down and be like, confession, this is my confession, (laughs) and see what happens. Marcus, your thoughts? Uh, You know, that's really all you can do. I mean, and that's... It's one of those things where you're in college. I mean, but that's the thing is that if if this guy is twice her age, gross. You're in college. She's probably twenty. He's probably forty. I'm twenty eight, and I have. I mean, I like I maybe I went on a date with a girl who was twenty two not too long ago, and I felt gross. Really? Like, I was like, ah, but I don't. That's the thing. I don't usually date younger girls. Mm-hmm. I, I usually date older girls because you're very mature for your age. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a mature boy. Correct. Uh, but. This guy, man, I mean, it's college. Might as well tell her. I think tell her. I think say something to her. What the, what, what you got to lose? Yeah, I would yeah. say say something to her. And if she has your feel, if she's like, I share your feelings, but I won't. If she won't leave him, then fuck her. Because yeah. I mean, don't literally fuck her. Don't do that. But if you, well, if, if she you can't. Won't, yeah. Well, if she don't, I mean, if she's not going to leave him, fuck the situation. Get out of there. Because yeah. that means she's very ensnared in the relationship for whatever reason. It's not going to end anytime soon. And you will waste your time waiting around. And your dick will grow old and shriveled while other girls walk by you and think, oh, Archibald is so wonderful. I really <laughs> wish I could have some time with him but he's so busy always with that girl what is that girl's name what is that girl's name (laughs) where are my children so that's our answer for you all right and we have uh up next we have a sex sex question okay oh yeah this has to do with sex hi sarah and marcus you can call me robert hi robert Love you. Love your show. Duh, we're awesome. Love it every time you refer to monkeys. Monkeys. Everyone loves monkeys. Thanks for making my skull-numbing days at work pass more quickly. Mm -hmm. I have a serious question. Yes. That was in all caps, by the way. Okay. What do I do with my superabundance of gently used but unwanted sex toys? And then he goes on to write for literally eight pages. (laughs) Um, But on the other hand, there is a couple of... uh, there, there's there's a, some, some details. My wife and I have been together for 19 years. Our Yay! sex, our sex and love making have been great from the get go. Oh, I'm 48 God. years old, and my wife is 66. I absolutely adore him, and I love that he's this older woman. <clears throat> Since she's very much an active cougar, at least with me. Man, hey. oh yeah, she's never really tried any sex toys. He got her into it. 
There's so many options. They uh, finally got a toy box. They've got bullets. They've got rabbits. They've got soft, hard gel and medical grade silicone. We got things that go here, things that go there, and things that go anywhere. We got wired. We got wireless. We got. We've tried tons of toys, and our personal ratings of them range from one to ten. The Hitachi Magic Wand is by far their favorite toy, as it goes quote all the way to eleven. They just bought a Wii Vibe unit from Adam and Eve. Uh, The wife thinks it's just not the right size. Is just not the right shape. It's a great toy, costs a lot, and uh, but they don't like it. And that brings it. them back to the question: What do they do with this perfectly useful, gently used, fully functional one hundred dollar sex toy? Um, don't you? I mean, listen. You should never share sex toys. That's why there's a reason sex toys don't get recycled. Um, there are uh, companies that will recycle their own, so you should find out if the Wee Vibe folks will recycle their own. Most will not because it's fucking disgusting and unsanitary. <laughs> I mean, the creepy crawlies, the the STDs that can be passed if like you're shoving something up your asshole and put it right in somebody else's asshole or vagina or mouth. Um, the the cleanup, the smell, the oils from our skin eventually will degrade the the silicone or the you know jelly rubber. Never get a jelly rubber toy. It's fucking horrible, and it gives off carcinogenic chemicals. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a whole host of really smart reasons why we do not recycle sex toys. I appreciate your sincere interest in doing something good for the environment. Yeah. However, you just got to throw this fucker out. Yeah, and he also uh, suggests that we uh, have a drop-off collection box at the Creek in the Cave. Let me tell you something. The <laughs> Creek in the Cave is literally and figuratively a drop-off collection box for dildos. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you about some of the open mics. At one point in the studio, I had three separate loose dildos. What happened? happened to the one what the blue one it disappeared someone stole it what a fucking jerk someone stole our dildo it's up kissel's butt (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is that's actually like a a plausible explanation it's a very plausible explanation uh it could be up it wouldn't be up henry's butt um it would be from the round table of gentlemen or from uh what else is he in uh that ben no, me, no, Kissel, oh, or uh, fuck it, Henry. Henry, uh, last podcast on the left. Yeah, um, Henry is a nice person. He's a good person. He's a good man. He's a very good person, and I don't think it would be up his butt. Um, I don't think Jackie would steal it. If Jackie had it, it wouldn't be up her butt. She'd be beating someone with it. <laughs> She's actually beat me with a dildo before. Really? Yeah. Oh, what a great gal. <laughs> I just really like that Jackie Zabrowski. Also, very exciting news. Launching December 7th on MyDamnChannel.com, Murder Fist the Show. Yeah. Murder yeah. Fist, great, great, funny, disgusting, awful comedy troupe. Yeah, my favorite. Now they're going to be the uh, the premise of the show is that it's uh, a parody of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but it's just all horror stories about being an adult. Yeah, yeah, just, like real real life adult situations. real life adult situation. Just the horrible horrible things that we go through as adults. Do they have a big red couch? I'm not sure. Damn, I wish they did. I think they're just sitting around a campfire telling a child horrible things. They actually got a child. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> that kid is not going to do well in life. <laughs> He's cursed. Marcus, how long has this episode been so far? 15 minutes. Oh, wow. It's only 15 minutes. I'm hungry. What should I get to eat? Let's make eating our other our other activity. Okay. When you're hungry... <laughs> <laughs> And, like, you're hungry, you're kind of jazzed up about life, and, like, blah, 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 um, you know, you're excited, maybe you had some good, like, interviews, excuse me, or something, um, 
maybe like you just won something. Maybe you got I just got something very cool in the mail today. Oh yeah, I'm really thrilled about. I don't know what it is, but I'm very excited about it. It's something I ordered from Etsy.com. Can't remember what it was, but I'm going to open it later. Mm. Um, I'm very excited to be going home to this my one of my favorite restaurants to celebrate my dad's 30th anniversary at his um, company. You know, I haven't. I I just I didn't sleep very much last night. I wasn't like having sex or anything um, or anything fun. I just was sort of in a jazzy mood. Like I'm feeling jazzy. I'm just mm. gonna you know I'm gonna and my book is launching soon. Like there's things well not soon but in February. There's things I'm excited about. Uh, and so I want to eat something that will not necessarily increase the excitement, but not something not necessarily soothing. Yeah, you know, but something that's going to take the edge off a little bit. That's just going to be like, you know, for example, the processed sugars would not be good at this point because I'm already feeling jazzy, and you know, you crash when you're feeling too jazzy. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm. How's about a nice turkey sandwich? Hmm, that would entail eating turkey, which is grotesque to me. Um, yeah, I think something protein is in order. Yeah, protein. Hey, guys, if you're feeling sort of energetically diffuse and weird and all over the place, um, get yourself some nice protein. Maybe combine it with a vegetable of some kind. See, I'm at this place right now where I would be ready to end the episode because our other our – other, I don't, I, I don't want to do the sad one because it makes me so sad. Yeah, it's a pretty sad one. Maybe we could do the sad one next time. You keep putting off this one. Oh, it's so sad to me. <laughs> you keep, you keep putting, but maybe this could be good to, to balance out a little oh, bit. Oh, it's going to depress me. It's not going to depress you. It's, it's so gonna, fucking sad. It's, oh. it's, it's sad, but I don't know. All right, let's talk about it. All right. You ready for this one? Yeah, and the only reason I'm doing this is because everybody would get mad at us if it were shorter than a half hour. Because when it's shorter than 45 minutes, people lose their shit. And I'm like, listen, what do you have to do? How do you have the time to listen to us? Like, come on. If you want to head into the back catalog, I highly recommend episode 19 where I have a goddamn nervous breakdown um, and other various episodes. And there's one episode where Marcus and I cry Mm -hmm. about Doctor Who and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. And that episode makes people cry sometimes because mm-hmm. we cry about yeah. about how much we love pop culture. Of course. <laughs> but you know what? We're both in pretty good places right now. Yeah. Let's talk about you before we get to this depressing thing. Okay. Let's talk about where Marcus is at. I'm loopy doopy scoopy. Need mm-hmm. to get some solid sleep and ground myself a little bit. But, you know, enjoying not feeling like shit for once this week. Um, how about you? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, it's like uh, the, the whole the old job's going well. Cool. You know, the old uh, dishwashing job. Washing some dishes, over baking at, some pies. Over at the Blue Stove. Good mm-hmm. place. Very good place. Um, you know, finally, I kind of feel like I'm coming out of this dry spell that I've been in since mm-hmm. I broke up with that girl like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, things are going well. You only broke up with her like a month ago, I think. Was it? I don't know. It feels like a long time. I have no concept of time whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some people, will, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw you two weeks ago. I was like, that was yesterday. Yeah. I was like, no, the, that was... The Tesseract. That was March. The, the wind in the door. There's a lot of a wrinkle in time when it comes to you. <laughs> Weird shit. Madeline Lengel, Christian-influenced young adult fiction. Yeah. Perhaps really... Nice Middle grades novel. Strange things do tend to congregate around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you do. Uh, you do attract weirdness. I talk to our mutual friends about this quite often. I'll be yeah. like, let's just talk about Marcus. <laughs> if there's a lull in the convo. I'll just be like, let's talk about Marcus Parks. Strange things tend to 
and strange people tend to gravitate towards me. A friend of mine once actually told me that, then uh, I attract strange people. You absolutely do. I yeah. mean, I'm a strange person. And, and strange, like strangers, just like strange people will just come up and just start talking to me. Be like, hey, you want to eat poopies? <laughs> Meth heads. For some reason, they just see me and they're like, I'm going to go talk to that guy. Yeah, they sense that you might be sympathetic to their plight. And, and I am. Yeah, but you're not going to do meth. No, never done meth. Never going to do meth. Gross. Meth puts holes in your face. It makes you so fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it just makes you ugly, so why would you do it? <laughs> I'm a guy. Marcus, um, I would also like to state for the record that... Um, wait, no, I'll tell, I'll tell a happy thing after this sad fucking story. Okay. Hit me with the sadness. All right. What are we going to call her? Ah, uh, sad town. <laughs> um... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we could, oh my God, we're laughing. We're the worst people. We're, we're not, laughing we're in laughing, our pain. We're laughing about something completely oh different. Oh my totally God. Different. I'm yeah. such a wackadoo. Okay. Uh, let's call her, um, Rachel because the camp for girls who'd had abortions, who were Catholic, who needed to be healed. Um, when I was growing up, that was like within a few hours of our house where they would send you to like shame you and then be like, you're pure now. You've atoned for your sin when you didn't atone for it. You don't need to atone for a goddamn sin. You made a fucking choice and it's important that you made the choice. You probably would have been a shitty mom if you choose to get an abortion um, and you also probably would not have loved the kid as much as a wanted child so it's a good thing for you to like ditch those cells in my personal opinion and you may be ready to be an awesome mom one day but if you're getting an abortion you're not ready to be an awesome mom right then for whatever reason. Maybe you can't afford to have a kid. Economics are a real reality. Maybe let's make, a, let's have a society in which women can get pay, more paid maternity leave like they do in Norway. Granted, different society, different size, lots, much smaller sample size. But those motherfuckers can get two years off fully paid for maternity leave. Don't you think if we had that like here, that it would be easier for women to, you know, have kids? Probably. I bet the, the abortion rate would go down. Motherfucking fucks. But anyway, so Rachel, we're going to name her Rachel. All right. I'm a long, my name is Rachel. I'm a longtime listener and second-time advice seeker. A few years ago, I called into uh, the radio show. That would be uh, Get in Bed. Mm-hmm. Sarah's Get in Bed on Cosmo show. Radio, which was on Sirius XM, RIP. Called into the radio show asking for some help concerning how to help my nervous boyfriend relax and enjoy a blowjob. Oh, boy. This, this letter should be called, Sarah Made Me Get an Abortion. <laughs> <laughs> That's You'll see. I, I, there's a direct link between me... And uh, dilation and curatage. Yes. Or dilation and extraction. I appreciated and put the tips to good use. The upside was that the advice rocked and we had an amazing weekend. Yep. The downside was that even though we were the epitome of safe sex, I got pregnant. I knocked her up. I knocked <laughs> this bitch up. I feel so bad. And I say bitch affectionately. Of course. I of course. knocked this bitty up. Oh, my God. I feel guilty. Okay. We made the difficult decision to have an abortion. Oh, so sad. We eventually want kids, but we had both just lost our jobs and had a laundry list of realistic reasons why bringing a child into the world would not be the best for it or us. Thank you, economics. These are smart parents. I think the people who've had at least one abortion, some of them... Okay, if you've had like... If you've had, like, three abortions, then, look, that's, you know, something's wrong. You need to be, if you're, you need to get on the birth control or maybe, like, get, you know, get the, tu- the, the tubes tied or whatever the case may be. Like, clearly, you're very fertile. 
and you you need to be on a very powerful form of birth control. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not judging you in like oh you're a whore kind of way. I'm saying just based on the numbers game, like you are one fertile bitch. Congratulations. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, girl, some girls can run around and get goofed in all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that one from Andy Haynes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you're very fertile. Uh, you know, we need to, there's some, something else is going on here. There's some other problem. Maybe you're in a relationship where you where you feel it's, you know, you cannot say no to sex. There may be a, a, a consent issue in your relationship. You may be in an abusive relationship. Or you may be playing the numbers, just going, oh, I'm going to be lucky. It's cool. And listen, we've all been there. And usually we've all had an oopsie. And you've had some oopsies that took. So it's really time to not, instead of beating yourself up and being like, I'm such a whore, I'm so evil. No, you're not. You're just, uh, you're fertile. That's, you know, science is on your side, my friend, or against you, depending. All right. <laughs> so that wasn't Rachel's problem. They no, weren't that... banging. I gave her some killer sex advice because I'm fucking amazing. And she ended up getting knocked up. They had an abortion, which sucks. But I think they did it for the right reasons. Yes. Not that it's my job to judge what the reasons are. Continuing. Since that fateful night of conception, we have not had sex at all. This is a few years ago, mind you. For the first oh, month or so after thing. everything got back to normal, we both initiated persistently, but the mixture of nerves and the anxiety of everything that happened slammed that door quick. We've had many conversations that lead nowhere about this topic. He shuts down almost immediately, and I feel crappy for bringing, bringing it up. I know that it is almost surely in his head triggered by the event, but no matter how many avenues we go down, it just gets worse and increasingly more awkward. Other than our intimacy issues, our relationship is great. It took me about three weeks to actually write you guys because I know that we have to face it and just seek professional help. I suppose this is my last shot in the dark about how to start this process in an understanding and helpful way. My boyfriend has suffered from bouts of depression his entire life, and this problem seems to have amplified that severely. I was wondering if Marcus could help me understand what he's going through from a male perspective, because I am in way over my head here. When I've talked to my best friend about this, she basically just said to dump him. However, leaving a five-year relationship solely due to erectile issues to me seems akin to leaving your partner when they are diagnosed with some terrible sickness. It is not his fault. I want to be there for him and us worked through this together, so absolutely inside any insight would be amazing. How do I discuss this in a way that does not make him feel two inches tall? Should I keep masturbating nonstop and hope this sorts itself out? Rachel. Okay, Rachel. First of all, baby, thank you so much for writing to us. Second of all, thank you for following me in my ridiculous career trajectory and, and still being a listener. Um, I can speak to you much more frankly here than on Get In Bed, where I wasn't allowed to talk about anal sex <laughs> or encourage people to have threesomes. Um, so he... The, the erectile dysfunction is a symptom. It is not the only problem. The, what is a, a larger problem is that he has not sought help for this. Why has he not sought help for it? Why has your intimacy not been important enough to him for him to seek help? He's probably incredibly ashamed, and I'll let Marcus like take it on that one um, in a moment. But I think he's probably really ashamed. I think that he probably is afraid. I've been with men with whom the sex fell away, and with one of them it was most certainly an erectile dysfunction issue connected to some medication he was taking. Uh, once we got, we broke up. I almost said got divorced. It felt like a divorce. Once we broke up, um, he got on a different medication and his dick was fine. Hooray for him. Great for me <laughs> for sticking around and waiting. You know, I think you are going to need to put your foot down here. He, it's not, he doesn't just have something that's not his fault. Um, he, he, 
it's not his fault if he has it. It's his fault if he doesn't do anything about it. And that is true for, I believe that's true for alcoholics. I believe that's true for people who are, you know, have a number of different issues. It is not their fault for having it. It's not my fault for having depression. It is my fault if I don't choose to handle it, if I don't choose to get help. It's a fucked up disease and sometimes it makes me want to kill myself. But um, because I, I have resources at my disposal, it's, you know, it's problematic if I don't. So he needs to be a big boy. He needs to grow up and be like, listen, I have a flaw. Big fucking whoop. I've got a flaw. I'm going to deal with it. Um, he should probably be in individual um, sex therapy. And you guys should probably be in couples therapy also. Um, it, the way to do that is most likely to, to get him to go to couples therapy first and then see if he wants to do individual but uh, there could be a different, few different things coming on. He could be so terrified because he – it's very – I mean it seems to me very clearly related to the abortion. Or at oh, least absolutely. How she's it. I, I think he may not have grieved. I think he may still be grieving. I think a lot of people who are liberal and progressive like myself um, like to pretend that an abortion is not a loss. But it is. That is, that is, that is a loss. That is the elimination of, a, of something that is living. And you can say, well, it's not a real person, Sarah. Like mold in a Petri dish is living. I know. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's a very, very special mold in the human mold in the Petri dish of your lady parts. It is a possibility that has been denied. It is, if you will, a dream deferred. <laughs> and so um, it, he may be mourning the loss of that possibility. He may be mourning the loss of that of that dream. He may be racked with guilt. I don't know what his religious um, upbringing was. I know mine was Catholic and that I, I continue to struggle with issues regarding guilt with sex and, and fear surrounding pregnancy and surrounding the idea of abortion. I had a, I have, I've had two nervous breakdowns in my life. Um, one recently, episode 19. Um, <laughs> the other one when I was 21, which I wrote about in my book, Agora Fabulous, which is available for pre-order now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and IndieBound. And, um, but I, I, I had a mini one after the first time I took Plan B, which was emergency contraception. That's one of the brand names for it. I felt so guilty. I felt as if I'd had an abortion. I thought I was wrong. I thought God hated me. I made the mistake of going to church, the St. Lawrence Basilica in Asheville, North Carolina, to feel better. And I found that they had an altar dedicated to all the unborn children who had been murdered by women like me. And so at that point, that was the point at which I truly stopped being a Catholic. That was the point at which I was like, you know what, fuck this place. And yeah. I, at that point, you know, I didn't even know a whole lot about the kid fucking. I knew some. <laughs> but, you know, between the kid fucking and the being terrible to women, uh, Catholic Church can fuck off. But... Um, it may not be a grief thing. It may be just a fear thing. It may, it may, it may be guilt surrounding, you know, if you, I don't know, you know, how, how painful was the abortion? What what exactly was the process? Did you do a medical abortion, like, over a weekend with him? Did you do go surgical? Like, what, whatever ha, whatever method occur, may, he may have issues associated with that method. I We can't figure out what his fucking problem is. He has to do that with the help of a professional. And I believe that you should break up with him if he is not willing to go into um, counseling and if he is not willing to take steps to deal with this issue because it's very big. And um, right now you guys just have basically a really good friendship and you're very used to each other and you're very bonded and you're very familiar. But you absolutely cannot live your life with someone who cannot um, – who, who refuses to seek help for a problem that – directly affects you. I don't want to see you stuck with this person for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's 
Man, it's so hard because there's, I mean, I can say, you know, she has, there is in this guy's head an interconnected web of problems. Mm-hmm. Like there's just one problem is coming to another, is coming to another, is coming to another. And there are so many things popping in his head all the time, especially, you know, whenever you try to have sex. And, you know, whenever you're a guy and you have depression and you have something that is always there. And that is always ready to pounce, always ready to jump. And you add trauma onto that. You add if you already have the depression and you add trauma because it sounds like this abortion upset the guy. Yeah. Because, you know, one, they wanted kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like that was established. They wanted kids. uh, And they, you know, they came up with some good reasons for, you know, not having the kid. But the fact that they wanted kids, I think it really fucked with this guy Mm -hmm. that, you know, he's like. He wanted kids with this woman. Obviously, they love each other. Uh, and, you know, it's possible that maybe he didn't want to have the abortion. You yeah, know? Maybe, maybe he didn't. Maybe it was something that, I mean, there could be all sorts of things that are, you know, coming into this guy's head that he never told her about. Because that's the thing about being depressed and being a guy is they're like you just not – a lot of guys, you're not supposed to talk about it. Like, you know, like, stop being a pussy, dude. Mm-hmm. That's why you, a lot of guys are more, statistically, men are more successful. They, they're more completed suicides by men than by women. And it's not because women aren't good at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because I think sometimes we are willing to, to ask for help yeah. first. Yeah, and guys and don't. you're not taught how to do that. We don't want, like, we're not taught how to do that. And we're not taught how to just tell people what's going on. Maybe he just never told you about it. Maybe he, maybe this really fucked with him. Maybe he wanted kids, and maybe he wanted to keep the baby, but he just never told you. And he or, just, and just kind of tamped it down, and he kind of push, pushed it down into this place, this pain, this loss and anguish that he felt. You know, maybe, but I mean, I'm just saying this hypothet- hypothetically. Mm-hmm. If this is what's going on, uh, if he tamped all that down and pushed it down into like literally down little, into his dick, little <laughs> literally down into his dick, he pushed all this down, mm-hmm. and now. You know, whether he knows it or not, whether it's conscious or not, he tries getting a heart on and all of a sudden, all the rest of that stuff, something starts popping in his brain. Some chemical rushes out mm-hmm. and prevents him from, uh, you know, getting hard. I mean, there's there's something. I mean, the, I, I'm just guessing this abortion really fucked this guy up. It sounds like the abortion led to the depression, which led to the sexual problems. Yeah. Well, I think the depression. Well, I mean, as you said, the depression's always been there. Oh, like, okay. So he's yeah. always been depressed. He's always been He depressed. may be fixating on it. He may be obsessively guilty. He may be angry. Um, I don't know at whom, but he... He may. Who knows? I mean, we don't know his background. We don't know where this abortion fits into the very complex, involved, multi-layered dynamic picture that is his entire existence. We don't know that. You can theorize, but you're wasting your time. You need to get his ass into counseling, and if he won't go to counseling, leave him. And yeah. you just got to do that. And you can lay it down like that, too. Um, if you think he'd be open to it, don't issue the ultimatum first. But just be be straight up. Be direct, like, I can't live like this anymore. Let's let's do this. Um, and if he's like, oh, I don't want to, you can be like, I will leave you if you don't commit to going to counseling with me. We can try different counselors out, but if you don't commit to going to counseling with me for a period 
period of no less than three months. I mean, you've been together for five fucking years. You can do a weekly counseling session for three months. Easily. That's like 12 sessions, right? And if at the end of that, things aren't, you're still, nothing has changed, then you need to get the fuck out of that relationship. And I know where, I know where she is right now, like as far as being comfortable in a sexless relationship. Yeah. Oh, I've been, you know, I've gotten like, there. You're like, I just love you. You're so great. I can't imagine my life without you. Yeah. And at some point, you're going to want to, you're going to want to hump somebody else. Dude. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and that's something that you just eventually, you know, you know, you're best friends with the person, the, like the best roommate you ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just, and you're so amazingly comfortable, but then at one point you just realize, like, I'm not in a romantic relationship anymore, you know? And you I, remember you have a heart, and you remember that you also have genitals. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. At some point, that point is made to you. Yeah, at some point, like, you just have to... You know, realize that that is a very important part of being human mm-hmm. and a very important part of, of a relationship and of, of life. You know, like you're denying yourself a very important part. You know, not that sex is everything. It's not. But it's something. You know, it's something. You know, it's a, you know, sex definitely isn't everything. Any any relationship that's based completely on sex or based completely on companionship is eventually not going to work. You know, I've been in, I've been in relationships that were just purely sex based. Those are very short. Yeah, uh, they can be fun for a minute. They and can then be fun for a little they're while. They're ultimately not satisfying. Yeah. eventually. And I've been in uh, relationships that were based completely on great companionship, and those tend to last a lot longer. But they're also not fulfilling. They're not the kind of they're not the kind of fucking ones that make your heart sore. The kind of ones that make you have the wrinkly puppy face. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's. Although I have no none of that to speak of at the moment, which is <laughs> very exciting. I just get wrinkly puppy face sometimes when I'm actually having a good day for the first time in like two weeks. <laughs> but that's just me. That's I'm sure there are you. times in which people get wrinkly puppy face because of a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that sometimes. Haven't been a long while, but. It'll happen. It'll happen. But no, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with Sarah on this one. You gotta, you know, but I mean, but on the other hand, you can't be too, I don't know, you can't attack him with it, I don't think. Like, I don't think that that you can, like, just walk up to him and be extremely aggressive about, like, do this or I'm leaving you. You know, like, I mean, he's, he's a depressed guy. You kind of got to be a little, because, I mean, it, it's also possible that he might get threatened and run away. Uh, he... You know, my you don't want to cause a fight. You don't want to go in there spoiling for a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, go in there looking to have a conversation. Um, be matter of fact about it. You know, be upfront about it. But there's no, you know, don't go in there relaxed and go in there knowing what you want to say and knowing what you want to mean and uh, just yeah. Good luck, Rachel. Good, Good luck. luck. Thank you so much for writing to us. That wasn't actually as depressing as I thought it would be. I knew it wouldn't be. I was like, I don't want to think about this. Because, see, I'm very afraid of, of issues around. I'm afraid of, of having an abortion. I'm afraid of getting pregnant. Like, I mean, I'm not afraid of getting pregnant if I want to get pregnant, but I've never wanted to get pregnant. So, yeah. you know, that's why I was avoiding that that that. Uh, email, but I'm glad because it made me think about some stuff. Um, all right, so I uh, want you to know that I may be coming to your town, and that is an important thing because we can hang out and hold each other's hands and like make out and stuff. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing. I'm just saying, like, if you're, I don't know how attractive you are. Like, I don't even know if you're into me. So I'm not going to make that assumption. But I will tell you this. Um, 
Write down right now these events. Saturday, December 17th, Family Hour with Auntie Sarah at The Pit right here in New York City. It's at 7 p.m. And um, you can learn more about all of these shows at sarahbenincasa.com slash shows. I'm going on a book tour in February. And um, uh, if you live in New York City... If you live in Clinton, New Jersey, or around there, if you live in Los Angeles, California, if you live in Boston, Massachusetts, if you live in Asheville, North Carolina, if you live in Brooklyn, New York, um, I will be there. I will also be at South by Southwest this year um, in Austin in March. So listen, if you're if any of that shit sounds interesting, February 17th, Clinton, New Jersey, February 21st, Book Soup, Los Angeles, California, February 22nd, Brookline Booksmith, uh, February 23rd, Malaprops Bookstore in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, February... 28th Word Bookstore in New York City. Um, oh, I need to have fixed on my site. Anyway, they're all at 7 p.m. So um, if you want to hang out, that would be sweet. And uh, you know what? If you pre-order my book, Agora Fabulous, on your Amazon, your IndieBound.com, your Powell's, the indie, some indie bookstore owners have been getting after me about this. I'm like, okay, I'll say IndieBound. IndieBound, uh, Powell's, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever, um, your local bookstore. If you pre-order Agora Fabulous and you email me, sarah at sarahbenincasa.com, which is also where you can send all your questions and the like, but if you email me, sarah at sarahbenincasa.com, I will send you something fun and handmade that you will enjoy that will be seasonally appropriate. I have sent out hand jive turkeys. I have sent out in my day um, haunted postcards. And in this case, I will send out, I'm just going to say I'm going to send you something awesome. And it'll be a treat for me to you, signed, because that matters. And it will be delightful. So get into it. <coughs> All right, everybody. Well, you have a wonderful time. Hit us up, Sarah at sarahbenincasa.com, twitter.com slash marcusparks, twitter.com slash sarahjbenincasa. And we will talk to you next time on Sex and Other Human Activities. Goodbye.